All right, so the world of sex is wide, wonderful, and sometimes a little bit weird. Uh, what began as a basic reproductive function has blossomed into a seemingly endless number of acts, fetishes, and sexualities that influence everything from entertainment to advertising. So what do you do uh, when you've got a question about your own sex life that you're too shy or too embarrassed to find the answer to? Uh, well, it's quite simple. You send us your questions or give us a call if you're feeling brave, anonymously, if you like. And we put them to sex therapist Rian van Fake, who joins us on the line now. And anything uh, you'd like the answer to when it comes to sex, sexuality, getting down between the sheets, uh, nothing is off, off limits. This is a safe space. Uh, and hopefully, uh, as well as getting some answers to your questions, we'll also have a bit of fun too. Uh, so, uh, Rian, welcome. Great to have you on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Sarah Jane for uh, having me on their show. All right, so let's crack on. We start uh, with a question that came in from Natasha last week, uh, in fact, but unfortunately we ran out of time. And Natasha asks this, uh, my husband is bisexual and I know I don't satisfy him, but he won't cheat and I'm not sure how I feel about him being with another man. Should I let him have this? Now, this seems incredibly difficult. There are emotions involved, but also sex has a, an enormous part in one's relationship. What are your thoughts on this one, Rianne? All right. I, I think the answer is relatively simple. It depends on what her value system is and how she feels, how safe she feels in her sexuality. Uh, you know, bisexuality is one of the, the presentations of human sexuality. And, uh, you know, if she feels comfortable with that and, and feels safe in the relationship, that's okay if she um, wants him to experience or express that side of his sexuality. But obviously, in, in, in the practice that I found is, as long as the partner, one of the partners, doesn't feel left out in the experience, uh, I think uh, she'll be okay. There we go, Natasha. I hope that's that helped you out a lot. That is a really tricky one. Um, the allowing your partner to have a relationship. Here's the thing though, Rianne, what I would ask is this. If, when we look at bisexuality, my understanding of bisexuality is that it, that it's um, an ability to love and be attracted to um, all genders or, or both, let's say, ma male and female genders. Yeah. Now, if she's saying that she knows she doesn't satisfy him, does that not suggest that perhaps that he's gay rather than bisexual? Because if he were bisexual, wouldn't she still be satisfying him sexually? Or maybe it's just that he's not attracted to her, but would be attracted to another woman. Yes, Sarah Jane, it's a, it's a fact that even partners in extremely loving relationships can't satisfy each other completely. So that's why one has to work at a relationship and find out what you can do to increase that satisfaction for, for each other. Uh, yes, you're right. When a, when a partner is bisexual, it's more about the person normally than just the, the sexuality itself. So if she feels that she doesn't satisfy him sexually, I think that's the time we have to open up the communication and see what the dilemma is. Sometimes it's even uh, useful to go and find some professional help to find out what the triggers are, what the obstacles are, so that you can overcome them. Oftentimes it's, it can be overcome by proper communication and open communication 
and letting us let the two partners feel safe in the communication so that they can find out what she can do from her side to to satisfy more. But it's obviously he needs to communicate his desires, his sexual desires. Uh, to her in, a, in an open and safe fashion as well. Mm-hmm, absolutely. There you go, Natasha. I hope that's helped out uh, somewhat with your uh, with your conundrum. Uh, a message in from Leanne in Deep River. What can we do about my boyfriend's premature ejaculation? I find it really frustrating and I'm often left unsatisfied. Yeah, I can imagine that must be really difficult and also quite a sensitive topic to, to deal with, uh, Rianne, I guess. Yes, that is extremely unsatisfying for women. And that's for the partner as well, because most men have a strong desire to to satisfy his partner. It, it's so closely linked to his uh, capability as a man to do that. So, uh, one of the things that you that you hear, often hear about is going for desensitizing creams and all those type of things. But um, I'm of the opinion that it's better to teach the partner by peaking exercises on to become more aware when he's very close to orgasm and to ejaculation and then use that as a trigger to either change position, stop the act a bit, and so on. There's a number of techniques that um, she can also use, like a pressure technique just behind the glance penis to, to you know, when when the communication is there that is close to coming so that you can help him with that as well. Sometimes um, people feel when they're in the act that they don't want to do that type of communication, but you can do it very subtly. She can, for instance, change positions. Say, you know what, she's fantasized or wants to try doggy style if, if they were in the missionary position, for instance, and just the break in the, in the activity will give the man an opportunity to subside in terms of his arousal and may increase the time. But it is all about experimenting open communication and that will normally help. What about um, edging? Is that a technique that can help in premature ejaculation? Yes. Uh, edging is exactly what we, also, what we also refer to as peaking. So when you Teach yourself to become, you know, to become very sensitive in the stages of arousal, and the more aware you are of that, the 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 better you can uh, control it, use some of the techniques. But over time, obviously, um, you become increasingly uh, uh, capable of lasting longer. Mm. You know what? What can also help sometimes is to masturbate before before sexual interaction because more often than not, except if you're an extremely young guy, uh, the second time around, you're not as sensitive and it may contribute to you lasting longer. So you're masturbating to orgasm? Yes, yes. Right. Okay, okay. Good stuff. There we go, Leanne. Hope that's helped you out. We've had um, uh, a voice note. Let's take a listen. Hi, um, with regards to sex, um, I've seen it on porn movies and I heard about it, about women squirting during sex or after sex. How do you make that happen? How does it happen? 
is there a technique to make it happen? Please enlighten me. <laughs> the $34 billion <laughs> question. Uh, how do you make a woman squirt during sex, Rianne? All right. Uh, a lot of women do that naturally. Um, some, you know, uh, the majority of women can be taught how to squirt. So what it is all about is the stimulation of the G-spot area. And the G-spot area is the, the, the internal side of the clitoris that's going into the front vagina wall and the, and the skin's gland or the female prostate. By stimulating that area long enough, uh, liquid will build up and will give the woman an urge to, to squirt. Now, many women feel like they're going to wee, and then they, and then they clamp up. The, the trick is, is to be open in your communication with your partner and then ask her not to clamp, you know, and just get a release. And then uh, if she's one of the lucky ones, you know, she'll be able to squirt. So not every woman, or can every woman squirt, and it's all about technique, or some just do it? You know what, it's, it, it is, a lot of women squirt internally and they don't even realize that. It really is about the anatomy of the vagina as well, the, you know, the urethral the opening, where it's positioned, and so on. But it's not all women that can squirt. And, you know, one shouldn't pressure oneself into that situation that, you know what, I'm going to give my uh, woman a squirting orgasm, and if that doesn't happen, you feel inadequate or she mm. feels inadequate, because mm. that's not the thing, you know. One can try, and if it happens, it happens, and that's enjoyable, but if it doesn't, just enjoy the whole process of lovemaking. Yeah, absolutely. I think we should also say, shouldn't we, and maybe just as a bit of a caveat, that what we're seeing in porn movies isn't necessarily reflective <laughs> of of true life. Quite often, I gather that uh, the squirting that happens in porn movies may not be as uh, what's the word authentic as you might imagine. Yes, no, I agree with you. Uh, unfortunately, you know, people battle to differentiate between the entertainment value of porn movies. <laughs> It's not always good sex education, you know, so there's a lot of things that you can learn and obviously the stimulation thereof and if it's as, as a partner, if partners enjoy together, that's fine. But it's not necessarily good sex education. It's similar to, to you know, the, the soapies on TV. Uh, I often tell my clients to say, you know what, that's almost like female porn. Even the, the, the poor buggers on, on the on the programs, you know, in, in, in the soapies, they're well dressed and well articulated, and so on and so forth. <laughs> so it's all entertainment, and one has to ascertain the fact that you know what, there's an entertainment value there, there in, but it's not realised. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, let's go to where we got Marilyn in Newlands has sent in a message and says, "I'm 50 years old and haven't had an orgasm with my husband for 10 years. I can climax on my own, but not during sex with him. He doesn't know because often I fake orgasm, but this can't go on. Should I tell him? Oh dear, Marilyn. Yeah, that's a tough one because you know the time that she's that she's faked if she faked over that over that 10 year period that may extremely damage the relationship and and um, you know it is a tough one to, to navigate but that being said if, if you are sensitive about it and, and you can perhaps get a, a therapist or someone as a third party to facilitate this 
get the communication going because life's too short for bad sex. Life's too short to not having orgasms, especially if she can uh, reach orgasm on her own. It's about communication. It's about uh, some psychosexual education for them as a couple and for him as a, as a husband. And uh, it definitely can be solved. I guess... The- and, and it's worthwhile to, to, you know, to expend the effort and but do it in a sensitive way. And I would advise do it in a facilitated way. Really? Yes. Go and speak to someone that's third party, you know, an impartial party to, to sit with you and talk with you and that can manage the emotions that, uh, that goes with that. Because if you're safe for 10 years, it, it will be tough on the relationship. So I would really advise to, to speak to someone to help you with that communication Except if you know that your relationship in other areas, the trust is there, then communicate it to, to him, but do it in a sensitive fashion. Yeah, for sure. If you are just joining us, uh, we're talking to sex therapist Rian van Veek, and it's essentially all the questions that you've perhaps uh, been too afraid to ask about sex. This is your opportunity to ask them whether you'd like to give us a call in. If you're feeling brave, you can do so anonymously. That's fine on 021-446-0567. You can drop us an SMS to 31567. Uh, give us a, a voice note um, on the WhatsApp line 072 or, of course, you can send us your question uh, via Twitter to uh, at Cape Talk or at This Is SJ King. Um, we've had another one here um, that's from Tina that says, I lose interest in sex immediately after orgasm. Is this normal? You lose interest in sex after orgasm? Mm, immediately after, she said. <laughs> well, you, you know what? Uh, if it's... It sounds like it's momentarily, you know, if you, if you really are satisfied in the moment, then obviously, you know, you may not be interested in having sex soon afterwards. So I don't think, you know what, we, we always use the word normal and we expect, you know, there's some normality in, in sexual relations, but it is not the case. Uh, it's actually a dangerous word to use. What one should rather use is typical. It's perhaps not typical for a person just after sex to totally lose interest in sex, but we are unique individuals. So maybe if she's completely satisfied after the sex deed, after the orgasm, that momentarily she will lose interest in sex until next time, you know, that she's ready. So I, I'm, not sh- I'm not sure what she meant by losing interest in sex because it sounds like she, she does have sex and, pre- and have orgasm. So it sounds like, you know, she's completely satisfied after the deed for the moment. I suppose the only where, the only situation where that would become an issue is if your partner still has yet to reach orgasm and you've happily satisfied yourself or been satisfied and then all you want to do is turn over and go to sleep, whereas your partner's yeah. frantically rubbing themselves against you next to you, yeah. uh, desperately trying to reach climax. Yeah, normally it's, uh, you know, uh, typically it's the other way around, you know, the the man that will, because men normally get to, to climax more quickly than women, you know, so, and then there's the, um, the afterplay that, that can happen. So I think the same applies here. If, if she's satisfied and her, her boyfriend or husband or partner is not, then it's just good manners to, to you know, play the, the game with him until he's satisfied as well. Um, 
for men, I normally say it's good to have the woman climax first, you know, and then uh, at least you know that that's happened, and then you feel free to, to continue with the sex act. If she climaxes again, that's fine. If not, and you climax, you know, at least you've you looked after your woman. But afterwards, say for instance, it does happen that you climax before her, then it's obviously uh, not in the interest of the relationship. And if you want to have the sexual deed repeated, uh, just to leave your partner unsatisfied, yeah. I think it's unwise. Yeah, <laughs> not not the best. Um, so we've had yeah, a. No, it's right. <laughs> let's make sure that everyone's a winner, as it were. Um, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We've had a message in we from. Don't want to v- out. You don't want to exactly right. We've had a message in from Villam who says, "Is it normal for men not to masturbate?" Um, I'm gay, and my partner says he never does, but I do and have regularly since I was about fourteen. Again, it's that word "normal." Mm. Is it typical? No, it's not typical, and I. I'm not sure. You know, there's a saying that say that says that uh, 99% of men uh, acknowledge that they masturbate, and the other 1% is lying. You know, so, <laughs> so maybe the, his partner is just shy, or, or, or doesn't feel safe in the relationship, or within himself, due to body image problems or whatever the case may be, to admit that he that he does masturbate. But even if he doesn't, that doesn't say that he's um, that it's abnormal. It's just not typical in, in the, in the um, you know, if you look at the whole society. But it's unique. It's everyone's individual and our sexual desires and lifestyles and, and wants are unique, uh, as unique as us. Ryan, in your experience, are some people embarrassed by the fact or embarrassed to admit that they masturbate, masturbate because of feelings perhaps of shame or they were told when they were younger that it was a bad thing to do? Yes, you know, even even today, there are there are messages in society from from different perspectives that still advocate even today that masturbation is wrong and not good for you. And I uh, personally, from a scientific point of view, can't disagree with that more. We have an an innate right to express ourselves sexually, and that doesn't mean that the expression should be with another person in a relationship because we're not all lucky enough to have long-term relationships uh, that we're in. So no, masturbation is the basic right of any human being to express his individual sexuality. And obviously, it's also a good preparation stage. For you. If, if you don't know what you like, how are you, will you be able to communicate to your partner what, what you like? So now I think it's an essential part of being human and our development, but yes, there are messages outside in society that you know that still um, uh, look look down on masturbation as if it's a subculture or uh, or, or something you know that's not desirable. But definitely, uh, that's the reason why some people have a problem in mm. acknowledging that they do. Mm, mm, for sure, uh, we've got time for a couple more questions. Uh, is there any are there any health benefits for a man in having less orgasms? No, the the opposite is actually true. The, if you look at the the, the protection of the prostate, uh, it's actually better to have to to well not not orgasm per se, but to ejaculate um, more often than not. Uh, for men, 
orgasm and ejaculation are two distinct processes following very, very closely to one another. And I often teach uh, uh, men to, to become multi-orgasmic. So, but in, in reaching orgasm, it's good for you. There's so many uh, evidences in terms of what it does, in terms of the, the uh, neurotransmitters, the hormones, and everything that's, uh, that, that's available when you orgasm. But in terms of pr- the protection of the prostate, it's actually very good for a man to ejaculate as well. There we go. So, uh, no, no no health benefits in having less orgasms. You should be having more. <laughs> Keep that prostate <laughs> healthy. <laughs> yeah, protect, you need to protect the prostate. <laughs> yeah, it's very, very important. Uh, let's just have one more um, from Anonymous who says, oh, dear, I've just discovered that my husband has been having an affair. When I asked him why, he said it's purely sexual and that he's not in love with the woman. He wants us to stay married but says he's no longer sexually attracted to me. I've always enjoyed sex and didn't realise there was anything wrong any advice oh i'm so sorry yeah this is a tough one you know uh one should try and ascertain what what went wrong and it's so difficult to give a to give a blanket advice on this one i would really really advise them to go and speak to a professional person to to guide them through this through this uh obstacle course because you know the reasons why men stray or people stray, not only men, you know, about four, between 40 and 50% of all people uh, have extramarital relations or extra, you know, they, when they're in long-term relationship, they will stray. And, you know, it's not good that it's not reassuring, but it happens. Relationships can actually be better afterwards if you really go and look at what was the, the, the root causes, address that, and create that, recreate the intimacy between the two partners. And then your relationship may even improve. But if that's, uh, you know, the, you need a professional person to assess and to help you through that. And speaking of professional peoples, you are one of them. Uh, would you just give out your details uh, before we say goodbye, Rian? Thank you. Um, yeah, the people can find me on my, on my cell if they, if, they, if they want to. It's 0826585668. Or they can uh, go to the website, uh, mytherapy.coza. Wonderful stuff. It's been fantastic to have you on, uh, Rian. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you for having me on the show.